your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solo. All right, welcome to a Monday of Lacrosse Talk PM, a day before we elect a new mayor. And what better day to have the old mayor or the current mayor? I guess you're not the old mayor yet, but Tim Cabot's joining us for the hour. Hey, Tim, how's it going? Uh, it's going well. I am the old mayor, but I'm still the current mayor. So, <laughs> yeah, you might be oh, the two more weeks, and you yeah. might be the old mayor as compared to the other two mayors. I'm not quite sure, but I, I think you're you're younger, you're older than the other two. Yeah, uh, I think so too. Um, is it like a president? And the job Obama? ages you as well. The job adds a few <laughs> years on. So yeah, that's for, what I. For that, Vicky or Mitch, they'll they'll add a few more years on. Yeah, give them eight years, and they'll look job. like you, right? <laughs> That's right. I, I sure hope not. I sure hope not. You know, and with the election tomorrow, I thought we could spend a little bit of time on one of the more important issues in dealing with uh, electing a new mayor is it, yesterday on Easter, we celebrated the biggest egg in town, the Behatch baby. It was its anniversary. It's three year anniversary out at City Hall, uh, you know, by the police station there. Um, I, I, I alluded this to you on Saturday. I'm like, hey. Big anniversary tomorrow. Uh, are you surprised that it's it's? I, I don't know. It, I I don't know if the city expected it to be here this long or not. What what was your take when you, we first got Hatch Day Hatch Baby? Yeah, I wasn't sure myself. I, I can't as I uh, texted you yesterday. You know that three my three years has gone by very fast, and in some ways it feels like a lot longer than three years. So. When we, um, you know, when we eventually decided to install it there uh, on the grounds of City Hall next to the police station, I don't know that anybody really had any good idea of for how long. And uh, obviously, it's it's on loan uh, with our uh, sister city in Friedberg, Germany. And so, at some point, again, I'm sure the next mayor will get to meet uh, the mayor of Friedberg and exchange, uh, you know, ideas and and all that about, uh, you know, where does Hatched Baby go next, perhaps? Yeah, it, it, did we get it for an extra year because of a pandemic and Hatch Baby can't, uh, because of COVID rules, go back to Germany? <laughs> yeah, that, that's a, you know, that's a good question. The, the For a while there, Hatched Baby did have a mask, so it was following the CDC recommendations. I don't know, I don't think the, the mask is on Hatched Baby anymore, but um, but we'll we'll see. There, I don't know that there really was a specific uh, timeline. It was, you know, again, it's part of these uh, friendship exchanges between our our two cities. And you know, I think overall, I mean, there, the the opinions are very strong. It seems like there's no middle ground. Either you absolutely love Hatched Baby or you hate it. But it is. It has been very positive for just you know, again, raising awareness about the sister city program and and the good stuff of regular people like you and I doing world diplomacy through public art. So I think that's pretty cool. Now, did you have any decision making process over where hatch baby would go by the police department? Was that, or was that all like parks board or arts board? Well, I I mean, I'll, I'll take the blame if people are upset. There, there was a struggle going on because if you remember uh, Hatched Baby was was in various pieces over there at Myrick Park, and I think there was some struggles with exactly where to locate it. So, you know, I had just suggested just let's go ahead and install it. First, we were going to put it in the lobby of City Hall. Uh, I think that was our first idea just because, again, it would be 
inside and and um, and all that. But we just, uh, based on the size of it, we didn't have a good spot for it in the lobby. So we did the next best best thing and, and put it just outside of the lobby there on the grounds. And and I think that's a good location. I mean, again, I, I I've said this before, but when it was first installed. And throughout, you know, every every uh, every summer up to the COVID of last year, I would see groups and people doing selfies by the hatch baby all the time. So it's definitely been a um, a point of interest. That's for sure. Yeah, if you put it in the lobby, because I, I think uh, at some point you redid the lobby. It'd be hatch baby would have been the secretary in the lobby. It would have been spinning around in that circular uh, desk area there and and helping everyone that comes in. <laughs> well, that, that's entirely possible. And then ultimately, I'm glad actually that it is outside because it's, you know, you've got kind of access beyond the lot, you know, lobby hours of City Hall. And, and our lobby has been closed because of COVID now for almost a year or so that would have limited the access to Hatch Baby. So the fact that it's outside, it's, it's there and, and accessible to everybody. Now, was there any thought process here? Okay, Hatch Baby, I believe has only really had one incident. I think it was punched uh, I don't even remember. It was punched once by somebody who was probably drunk. They got a ticket for it. I think it was like a $200, $240 fine. Uh, other than that, there hasn't been a whole lot of, you know, you think like uh, lacrosse, there's there's quite a bit of uh, walking from downtown through that area, but, uh, you know, only one real real incident with, with the thing, and it just stands out so much you think maybe people would mess with it a little bit more. Well, I'm, I'm knocking wood here as I as I speak, but it has been. I've been pleased with the fact that there really hasn't been any any shenanigans, and I think it's location there with uh, where it's close to the police operations, and then you've got a video camera uh, on it as well. So that has, uh, I think, that has uh, reduced the uh, uh, the need or or the idea of some folks to to do something silly there. So hopefully it. You know, it stays where it's at, and um, we we have received on, you know, on various occasions, uh, people wanting to move it and put it, you know, by a business or in some other locations. But I think, uh, at least uh, for right now, Hatch Baby's in a good spot. Yeah, that was my idea when we were first talking about this. This thing is so unique. I mean, you probably could get uh, local businesses to uh, in a in an auction type style where they're bidding on having Hatch Baby outside their wherever, you know, outside their bar or restaurant or whatever it may be, because it would just draw so many people to your area. Yeah, who knows? I mean, the the, the possibilities are limitless. So maybe that'll be a, a possible revenue generator for the next mayor. If, if they uh, are looking for some budget ideas, they could uh, rent out Hatch Baby for... Um, uh, for for those types of things, who yeah, knows? we need just we might need someone to just mimic it, like number three did to to send through city hall because I think it's probably oh, yes. it's pretty hard to create to to put together. I mean, once it's up, it's it's kind of you know you're only going to leave it. You know, I don't think it's very easy to take that thing down and move it around. It is not. No, it is not. It's it's the, I, I forget the exact material that it's made out of, but it is uh, a little bit uh, challenging. So. I think it's going to stay where it is for, for the foreseeable future. I, I want to say it's paper mache, but if it was outside, it would just crumble in the first rainstorm. So it can't be paper mache, right? No, yeah, it's not paper mache. It is, it is some sort of a composite, like a plastic composite type of, of material, but I don't know exactly what it is. That's as far as my like art knowledge goes. It's like in, in uh, middle school or grade school, doing the balloon and then putting old newspapers around it. That's all I remember. <laughs> <laughs> 
like with glue. Uh, that's Mayor Tim Cabot. We'll probably continue the, the blue baby talk for the rest of the hour. No, I'm just kidding. We actually have some things to get into, but uh, we got to get Brad in the news. We'll be back after this. I'm with him. All right. Welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM 608. 785-7914 is the talk and text line. If you want to get on here, Mayor Tim Cabot is joining us with for this hour. Uh, Tim, I'll just say before we get back into it here, there's an accident on Highway 16 headed toward the mall from, if you're going from La Crosse, just past the Viterbo Fields, probably, you know, and then nearing that county beer area. So uh, caller just said uh, that both lanes are stopped. So go a different way if you're mm-hmm. headed uh, towards, on, towards the mall from uh, on Highway 16. Um, all right, so we were talking, <laughs> we were talking to Hatch Baby, but I did get a couple of people calling in. Brett was calling in. He wants to talk, I, I believe, about Campbell and the PIFA situation. Um, that's always kind of a developing. Do you, there's like new stuff every week, Tim, isn't there? Yeah, it's evolving almost on a daily basis. That's for sure. All right, we'll get Brett in here. Brett, go ahead. Go ahead. You're on with the mayor. Well, a couple different questions. Um, you know, this started in 2014. That. And the city pretty much didn't say anything when they knew it was contam- their wells were contaminated. You know, I just hope that, you know, maybe the mayor stays out of prison when, you know, it all comes out about that, you know, he hit a lot of stuff and the city hit a lot of stuff when they didn't say anything that the town of Campbell's wells all might be contaminated. And, you know, it's kind of embarrassing also that, you know, listening to what he had to say last week about the fire department and the council people that he has dealt with for the last how many years, kind of embarrassing on how he rips people. I just like to know what his, uh, his response is. All right, go ahead, Tim. Well, the issues revolving around PIFAs, uh, what Brett is saying, is just simply untrue. Uh, we did find PIFAs in Well 23 back in 2014. Uh, we participate as a part of the EPA. Um, we test for unregulated contaminants, so there's a whole host of them. Uh, there are currently no regulations for PIFAs at the federal level, they recommend uh, an exposure of 70 parts per trillion, and that's 70 eye drops in a, an Olympic-sized swimming pool. So that's that's what the federal folks recommend, but there are no regulations. And at the state level, it's the same thing. There are no regulations. There's a proposed standard of, of 20 parts per trillion that um, that the state is is working uh, to to uh, eventually, I guess, make into law. But in 2014, we were testing for all of these unknown and unregulated contaminants. We found it in well 23, and we, in an abundance of caution, shut down that well almost immediately. Uh, We spent uh, the better part, I believe, of two years, um, I I think it was 2015, 2016, somewhere in there, um, doing a number of pumping studies to try to identify just what was going on and, and, and what was the cause of, of this PFAS contamination. So I can appreciate that everybody believes that, you know, we should have all information known immediately and have it, you know, available at the snap of a finger, but that's just not the case. That's why we do investigations. So in 2019, 
the DNR said that the city needed to do an investigation to find out what what was happening. And, and we went to work immediately. So in less than a year, uh, we identified the, the plane crash in 2001 uh, at the kind of the southern portion of the airport that uh, raised a lot of alarms with us. And that was probably about September of, of 2020, you know, last year, last fall, when we started to look at these potential sources and then downstream because our uh, consultant, our hydrogeologist, uh, you know, is very familiar with the groundwater and, and was doing all of the investigations. So long story short, when we found out in September or about October of 2020 that there might be impacts to private wells in the town of Campbell, I immediately got on the phone with the town leadership to alert them that the PFAS that we were finding at the airport could potentially be causing issues for private wells off the airport grounds. And we did a public information meeting. We, you know, we sent out a direct mailer to hundreds of residents in the town of Campbell asking them if, if we could test their wells. And by December, so less than two months, uh, we had you know, safe bottled water into, I think it was about 40 households in the town of Campbell um, uh, to, to you know, provide them with safe drinking water. So the city of La Crosse um, has gone above and beyond. We're working on this every day around the clock, uh, nonstop. And so, you know, Brett's characterization that somehow we've been hiding things. I mean, I, I can't tell you the tens of thousands of emails and records that we've turned over to the uh, to the media, to lawyers who have all asked for open records uh, for everything that we've done. So I'm I'm very proud of our response. Uh, our investigation now is showing that there are other sources of contamination west of the airport. That's why we asked the DNR and the state to come in and to do additional testing to provide drinking water to, in essence, all of the town beyond what we were just investigating and we're hopeful that we'll be able to come up with a better understanding here over the course of the next month uh, as far as what these other sources of, of PFAS contamination are. And then the, just the last piece on the, on the fire department, I'm not exactly quite sure of what Brett's referring to. Perhaps it was some of the discussion about Fire Station 4 and, um, you know, what we're looking at there is a compromise Originally, we were moving forward with a brand-new station, which would have involved demolishing the existing Station 4. Even though the Common Council approved that, you know, a couple of years ago now, we've got council members who are raising a whole bunch of questions, and they're actually uh, getting down into the micromanaging level, and that's caused us a lot of uncertainty. So what's going before the council on Thursday night is a compromise which would, in essence, work toward building the brand-new station to replace Station 2 to allow for more time for the existing Station 4 for us to figure out and come up with a new plan so that we can build a new Station 4, you know, next to the existing Station 4, but not demolishing it. So 
It seems kind of a long answer. I'm sorry for that, <laughs> no, but that's, right. that's where we're at. Hey, it's your show. You're just testing it out. I mean, tomorrow you won't be mayor anymore, although there's a two-week period. Uh, you know, I, I, I feel like you're just testing out, see if you can run this the show for an hour. I'm on vacation in a couple of weeks. We need a co- we need a, someone to take <laughs> over. So, um, with sure. the Going back to the well thing, um, I just want to know the timeline here because you said uh, something about um, – I wrote it down. Uh, you're looking for, in 2015 and 16, you spent two years with pumping studies to figure out what was causing the contamination. And then 2019, you said the DNR needs to investigate. So there is a three-year window, if you even go for a two. What, did that investigation take three years, or what happened there from 2016 to 2019? Well, we were, I mean, we were working closely with the DNR. So, I mean, it's not as if, the DNR just said, oh, take a couple, you know, a few years off. You don't need to do anything. We've been working with the DNR every step of the way to do the pumping studies and then to ultimately, you know, what, what they did is um, there were burning grounds uh, to the, you know, kind of to the nor- in the northern portion of the airport where there were solvents and other chemicals that were dumped, you know, basically into a pit and they were lit on fire. And then the airport uh, and the fire department would train using PFAS foam to put out those fires as a part of the training and, and certification because the FAA mandates that we the firefighting foam that we use requires and has PFAS in them. So, you know, we at the airport and the city didn't get a choice to say, oh, well, we're, you know, if we can use something else besides this PFAS foam, we would do that. Well, we didn't have a choice. So that that was an area that the DNR years and years ago required us to clean up. We had closed that that hazardous site back in 2010, I believe, and it was only then when the DNR, and I forget the exact timeline, but it was, again, uh, somewhere around 2018, 2019, when the DNR, based on the pumping studies, based on the PFAS that we found in Wells 23 and then 24, said it looks to us like there's something going on with these old burning grounds. We're going to now require you to do an investigation. And so it takes time to then lay out, well, what exactly are we going to investigate? And what's the, you know, what's the plan for uh, monitoring wells and sampling wells and piezometers and all those things. So these things, you know, again, they take months and then ultimately some years to set this up. Uh, But, Believe me, the DNR has been focused on this and has been actively prompting us to do things, you know, yeah. throughout this whole process. Um, okay, so and then let's see here. There's <laughs> so many things. Um, yeah, the the idea too. The uh, what was it going to? I kind of uh, I just forgot my question. But anyway, uh, number three, number three, asking, getting to the number 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 three's on hold here. Let us just go to him because he's waiting. Uh, and then I'll try to remember my question. Number three, go ahead. You're on the air. Okay. Remember your question, Rick. Yeah, thank you. Anyway, Mr. Mayor, I was reading in the uh, real estate transfers yesterday in the paper that there was about 44 property transfers made to the city of La Crosse to Castle Place. That's a housing unit on South Avenue. Do you know anything about yes. that? Yeah, that's that's all part of the South Avenue project. So we've been working to acquire properties as a part of the South Avenue redo. 
And yeah, I see that every week in the paper. There's probably, there's probably very small remnants of property or temporary easements so that we can do our work. Oh, okay, because this is a whole housing unit. You know, you got 22 condos. I was wondering what the heck they're going to be doing way back in there. Yeah, it, w- it would be on South Avenue, so they must own some there must be some joint property that's owned out to South Avenue. In other words, you're, when you say you're buying ownership. a place of business there, you're maybe just, the state is just maybe buying some of the right-of-way, is that it? Correct. Without tearing down a whole house? Correct. Oh, okay. All yeah, right. we, well, I've been we, watching we're the working with the DOC to oh. minimize how actual structures get taken down. And so nothing that I'm aware of on Castle Place because... Um, we would be, you know, we're we're trying to stay within or just, you know, barely outside of the right of way as South Avenue gets redone. All right, we got a break here, quick. Uh, but my question was, and it just, I don't even, it just seems like a rhetorical question. Why doesn't the state or the feds just ban PFAS already? <laughs> right, like just do it. Yeah, good question. We'd have to come, you know, come up with other ways to fry up our eggs because nonstick pans have. PFAS and you know they are literally in everything and everywhere. Yeah, uh, that's the challenge we have. Well, at least ban them from putting them in our directly in our groundwater with foam, right? Like, just start there. Well, and that's that's why again the, the city is suing the manufacturers because the manufacturers of these chemicals knew that they were hazardous and knew that they were not going to go away. So, yeah. and that was decades ago. So we've been using these things for decades. The manufacturers knew about it. They weren't telling anybody. Now, now we're all having to deal with the ramifications of that that uh, that poisoning, you know, here locally. And again, that's why we asked the state of Wisconsin to step in because this is beyond just what the city of La Crosse can do. Yeah, uh, that's Mayor Tim Cabot. All right, we got a break for Scott's comment. The news. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about this uh, whole mayor race thing that's happening uh, as voting concludes tomorrow. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talking text line. Spent the whole first half of the show on PFAS, which isn't always super fun, but when the mayor takes all the questions and answers all the questions, the last time you have to do that. So it was kind of nice to go out, uh, mayor, with just, just one you know getting one more getting yelled at question by a caller. I thought that was nice. <laughs> that, that's all right. That's I mean, that's what I'm here for as a public servant. So it uh, it, believe it or not, it's going to be something that I will miss because, um, you know, with everyone, every conversation and criticism and and those, uh, you know, just uh, types of things, you do try to learn from it and try to get better. So it's kind of I don't I don't mind it. How much more of a burden, you know, between your first year and this year, uh, just dealing with I don't know if we want to call it dealing with, but having to answer to the public because it used to be maybe just email and phone calls, but now there's, you probably have to check like your Facebook message, maybe your ads on Twitter, the, the city's Facebook page. I, I don't know. There's there. Can you put an estimate on how many responses you have to give to inquiries, you know, from phone calls to electronic messaging? Yeah. I mean, it's on a daily basis. So the, and social media, I mean, even eight years ago was not as, Sort of all-encompassing and, and prominent as it is today. So it's it's been between what you'd mentioned, the Facebook and Twitter and phone calls and emails and letters. It, it's on a daily basis, and you know, again, that's why I think our form of representative democracy works so well because the you know the citizens of La Crosse elect a mayor 
to to you know lead these issues and to be responsive and and that's my hope for whoever is the next mayor that they will continue that because we really have tried to work hard to respond to every and any request some of them are you know there there's some ones out there where you kind of scratch your head and you chuckle a little bit that they think the mayor has you know the power that they think the mayor does but all in all, it's been just a, a phenomenal experience. Is there any way to put a number on it? Maybe the last two years, like ten a day, three a day. Oh, geez, no. I mean, the, and especially this last twelve months, if you think about just without going through all of the details, in the last you know twelve months, uh, dealing with uh, you know the COVID issues and whether or not there should be mask mandates, whether or not there should be stay-at-home orders. Um, I mean, some of the, some days there was literally dozens and dozens of, you know, emails and phone calls just on a daily basis dealing with that one particular issue. And then, you know, there would be kind of a, a, a ramp-up when the Supreme Court would make a decision. So there, then there would be a lot more concerns because people were worried um, so you had that going on. You had the uh, the issues of um, the removal of the Hiawatha, and that was um, some days, I, I don't even, we lost track of just how many different contacts we received. Um, but I would say, you know, 50 probably is a, a decent number. Um, and and then with the, uh, with the George Floyd murder and, um, the the marches and trying to respond to those uh, that was another whole uh, sort of group of of a lot of just you know citizen feedback and communication so yeah this this year has more than held its own as far as the amount of just um, communication and then really dealing with just some very difficult issues and people being you know upset and concerned and now the the PFAS here the last you know probably four months or five months have been non-stop every day all day so it's been it's been very intense now you've been you've been a lame duck mayor since you announced you're not running but it starting at some point tomorrow night I would assume you will initially you will officially be the lame duck mayor where you have I think two weeks in office right you go to April 20th um do do you have any just like big it, when you talk about you, you had to chuckle at some emails or some whatever messages you get where the people don't understand what the mayor and mayor can't do. But uh, th- and this joke's kind of this joke question is kind of that way. But yeah, are you going to do any big pardons or just just big bomb, big news bombs that we're going to have to cover in the next two weeks? Yeah, that that's a great question, and I and I do chuckle at that a little bit. I, I, you know, the mayor. Unfortunately, we don't have any. Well, I guess maybe I could pardon some parking tickets or you know, some minor municipal type of offenses, perhaps. But um, but even then, uh, I'm pretty limited on on what I can do uh, with those things because I've had people come to the office before and just, you know, basically blatantly say, Mayor, I want you just to, you know, get rid of all my parking tickets. And it's like, well, we really can't do that because once you're written a municipal violation, you know, you go through the processes that are in place and that, you know, one of the parts of that process is not, hey, the mayor can just give me a get out of jail free card or, you know, wipe out all my parking tickets for free card. So uh, that's that. I guess I kind of chuckle at that a little bit. It's, you know, that's where obviously the, the president and the governor, you know, they have a lot more 
authority and abilities to do those things. I, I don't have anything up my sleeve for the next two weeks. I mean, quite frankly, we're going to be working really closely with the mayor-elect to do as much as we can for a transition so that on all these issues and our meetings with our departments, that they can hit the ground running as, as much as possible. Yeah, I heard a rumor you're going to be managing the Chipotle and you're going to actually move Hatched Baby to the front of Chipotle to bring business in there. Yeah, you just never know. You never know. <laughs> um, yeah, and then, uh, well, Kent's calling in. Let's get Kent. Uh, Kent, go ahead. You're on the air. Hey, Mayor, congratulations that you're uh, going into early retirement there. This is Kent, the mayor of the north side. <laughs> hey, Kent. Yeah, well, I'm self-appointed, self-voted in, but, you know, I know they got that big PIFA thing over at the airport, and the north side residents, I know there's a new incoming mayor, but you might want to run this by him or her. And we have this um, Airland telephone pole holding area down at the end of Palace Street. It's been there for years and years and years. They used to soak those telephone poles in creosol. And um, you got a lot of neighbors around here that are elderly, passing away of cancers. I know it could be this or that, but I I truly believe the ground is contaminated from those telephone poles. So, if, you know, if you might want to talk to the new mayor about it, because I know concerned citizens on the north side, where we're going to be looking into that. So mm, okay. I'd give you a heads up on it, even though you're kind of heading out, but... Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And that, I mean, contacting the Department of Natural Resources is usually a, a good place to start because, um, I mean, with all of these things, whether it's petroleum-based products or PFAS or whatnot, uh, the kind of the, you know, long-term unknowns and the unintended consequences are really, really important. So I know that that rail yard and the, and the, and the, the work yard there for Darlin' has been there for many years. I mean, the, the one saving grace, if you will, is that uh, within the city, of course, everybody is on municipal water, so we're not dealing with any contamination of, of private wells and people's private drinking water supply. It's, it's the public water supply. So from that aspect, um, you know, we're in good shape. But as Kent is mentioning, if there are other health impacts or, or things that are going on, uh, you know, starting with the Department of Natural Resources, also the Depart- uh, Department of Health Services. Between those two, you know, they'll they'll look into that if there's a complaint or if there's a request that um, you know that get checked out. It's kind of nice. Uh, I don't know if this is nice, but it's nice that everyone's starting to worry about the water supplies. <laughs> this this is becoming news all over the world. Just the idea that uh, oh yeah, the water we we probably should be preserving that whether it's. Uh, uh, mining up in the boundary waters all the way down to, to Campbell and PFAS and, and, and light poles, apparently. Um, it is. It is. I mean, it's really important. And one of the things that we've learned, of course, is that in the Mississippi River and Black River, there are underlying levels of PFAS in both of those bodies of water. So uh, I would agree. I think it's you know long past due that we uh, really start to pay attention and, and try to manage these things and come up with ways to mitigate uh, and and to, to cause no harm because obviously the the impacts to regular citizens like you and me can be great and especially if you're talking about health impacts that's very serious. Yeah, and then where I live, uh, you know, out in the rural Minnesota, there's always the worry about uh, farming and pesticides and all that goes into your groundwater too. Um, 
just moving on here, just, you know, with your going away party here and you're looking back, is there just something that you've had to deal with either recently or in the past eight years? And if I was picking, I don't know if this would be the weirdest thing you've had to deal with as mayor, but maybe, you know, if I'm at a party sometime down the road, I'd be like, yeah, that one time I kicked Donald Trump out of town. But is there just something really weird that you've had to deal with as, as mayor that isn't, you know, that's just kind of funny? Well, and you mentioned that I had completely forgotten about that as part of our 12 months of of just unbelievable issues. But yes, having to uh, talk to the presidential campaign and to ask the president not to come to town was was a pretty surreal moment. And you know, there were a lot of people happy about that and a lot of people unhappy about that. So that was another uh, another time when between emails, Facebook, and the phone, it was nonstop there for, for quite some time. Um, I'm just trying to think, you know, the, I think for the most part, as far as just, you know, unexpected things, that's one of the greatest parts about the job of a mayor, like a city of lacrosse. Every day is a new day, and um, you deal with so many positive things and moving the city forward in so many ways, and, and the ones that are negative or a challenge, you know, you try to buckle down and, and come up with solutions and solve those problems. But I can't think, I mean, it's, you know, it's just, it's been all kinds of just, you know, wonderful experiences and odd experiences too, I guess. So you just never know. I mean, I, I I've told this story before, but the, um, I think it was my first Oktoberfest, you know, I got a phone call from uh, one of the, the plumbing or pumping companies here in the area. And they were asking me, you know about the locations for all the porta potties for the uh, the Maple Leaf Parade, and and I you know just asked kind of naively, wait a minute, the mayor decides where all the porta potties go, and so um, you know it's those kinds of things, everything from that level to interacting with uh, a presidential campaign, I guess, and and everything in between that that the next mayor. Uh, we'll have the joy of, of dealing with. Yeah, I feel like we could delegate porta potties to like Odegaard or somebody. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. And then just uh, kind of along those lines, uh, obviously, Vicki Markison or Mitch Reynolds is going to be mayor here pretty soon. Uh, have you talked to them and have you, you know, is there anything that they might be surprised about? Oh, <laughs> I will have to deal with porta potties. But, uh, you know, I don't know if you've had a lot of conversations with them go- uh, still yet. I guess maybe in those two week period after this election, you might have more conversations. Yeah, I've, I've, I've talked with both of them up and, you know, up to the, the primary and, and congratulated both of them for making it to the to the final two. And then we've set up uh, kind of back-to-back meetings, uh, the, let's see, next week um, to, again, to do as much as we can for the transition. So I, I you know, I, I think they're, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see the, the best advice I can give the next mayor, obviously, is, is to listen to citizens and do your best because that is the one role in in the entire city and in our our entire city government that is really there to represent all of the people and not necessarily a council district or not necessarily a department but to represent everybody so it's a pretty awesome responsibility and i think you know as far as odd things it's just um you I, I i there will be so many odd things i guess i wouldn't even be able to to list them and, and to tell them but um they'll they'll have 
they'll have a lot of joy in trying to help people, and that's what it's all about. All right, 30 seconds, and this might just be a no, but are there any traditions from you know one outgoing mayor to the to the new mayor? Does, is there any kind of traditions you pass along? Maybe the blue. Maybe we hand. Do we yeah, hand not off? That I'm aware of. I um, when I when I took office, I mean, I had a, a good conversation with Mayor Harder at the time, and you know, he offered to help and and kind of gave the same pledge as far as listening to the the people. And I'm doing the same with with either you know Mayor Elect Mick, uh, Mitch or or Mayor Elect Vicky. So. Well, how that's about what that's what I'll be doing. We could start the tradition. We could hand off number three's uh, mini blue baby. We could do that. We'll just end the show with blue baby. Well, talk. that's somewhere. It's somewhere <laughs> in City Hall, so it's making its rounds to the various departments. Right. All right. Thanks a lot, Mayor. And uh, we'll, well, maybe we'll uh, we'll see you around here. Yeah, sounds good, Rick. Thank right. you. I really enjoyed it. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. That was Mayor Tim Cabot. All right. We got a one more break. All right, just wrap it up here. Thanks again to lacrosse mayor, Tim Cabot. The last time we'll call him that, kind of, for two weeks. I didn't do a very good job time managing because we could have had like a, a nice heartfelt goodbye for the mayor, right? Unless he comes on. Maybe uh, when he's managing that Chipotle with the blue baby in front of it, we'll bring him on as a small business owner uh, or manager at least and, and talk to him about how that's been going. I don't know if he's doing that. but Still kind of curious what he's going to be up to, but I... I wasn't going to bug him about it today. Kind of already know the answer. It's just going to be, ah, oh, we're still still waiting. <laughs> still waiting around. It's probably going to take it easy for a while. Probably after the, the 2020 and, you know, how that took uh, about 65 years. 2020, it seems like. All right, that's going to do it for today's show. Thanks for listening.